Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. 
Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm gonna give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Fired up, focus, and prepared with you, Tony Basilio, along with you. It's a great Wednesday. My boy's in the house with us today, the great Dr. Sean Sinclair. K Pass Amigo, how you doing? Buenos dias, Tony. Are you pumped? Antonio. Are you pumped today? It's what I want to know. Are you pumped? I am totally pumped. By the way, one hour, uh, one hour, one day from today, I'll have some breaking news uh, regarding the uh, Tennessee baseball team. Pretty cool announcement. You'll like it. Something cool coming your way. In the meantime, it is a Wednesday. The basketball team was in action last night. Obviously, we get kind of a breather this week with one of the worst teams in Division I football coming in. And some snow games were played last night in Maction. Boys, it's November, and it's cold outside here in East Tennessee. Those listening around the world, winter has, like, befallen here. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I'm like, man, I'm cold. Time to get out the sweats. It's unbelievable, Andy. Freeze warnings, Tony. I mean, freeze, freeze warnings. warnings. Cover your pant. Cover your pants. Cover your pets and your plants. Something like that. I gave my. I, w- I woke up to a freeze warning with the Jimby drums. Is that not great? The greatest thing ever. When Mark and Colombo calls in, it pops me every time. And Brian was laughing so loudly at it, and he's such a. Mark is such a single-minded, simple-minded, intelligent person. Because he is an intelligent person, but he manages to be rather simple-minded, which sort of makes him fit into what we do here. But, uh, Sean, looking back on that Kentucky game, it is remarkable, upon further review, how good Joe Milton was Saturday. I think he was. I think he was good. Um, I would say this. I think that the coaches are very good at getting what they can out of Joe Milton, making him look good. Because Joe missed. It's hard to say that seventeen to twenty couldn't have been better. Is that worth those stats? Yes. 
it's hard to say that he could do much better, but he left a lot on the field, meaning open receivers, et cetera. And I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to say, yes, I think that the, I think that the coaching staff has found uh, the way to utilize Joe the best they can. And that's not a backhanded compliment. It's not a slap on Joe. Yep. Because I think I think Joe wants to win. I think he has a skill set that can win, but it's not the same skill set that Hendon Hooker has or someone else has. It's it's. Um, uh, we talked a couple weeks ago about how we we'd hoped that they would get him more running the ball purposefully. Yep. Uh, because you know he, it it takes away his uh, recent propensity to turn the ball over. Um, it also seems to wake him up a little bit. It seems to give him a little bit of juice when he runs over somebody. Uh, maybe that makes him focus a little more, knock away the anxiety. Of, of course, it's always it's a good thing he's been listening to the quarterback coach that calls in. Every Isn't that week. amazing? Because the guy's been right. The guy's been right. Yeah, and so, uh, but um, so it, it was good. It's uh, I'm I tried to get on the show the after and. Uh, uh, the whole time, and it's a good thing I didn't because I was fired up about the defense. Mm-hmm. And I'll have to say this: upon further review, um, I don't think the I don't think the the pass defense was good, but I think they did. And what Tim Banks does is tries to find a way to win the game, and uh, they took a gamble that they were not going to get beat by Ray Davis. Uh, the Kinks thing, and I don't think that they—I uh, don't think they were going to uh, uh, just let them slow bleed them. Now, pick your poison uh, again. How many quarterbacks in the past three years have we made look like all pros? Yep. For Graham Mertz, this guy—I mean, but the, we won the game, um, uh, and you move on. Uh, I want to congratulate you because. Before you put it on the, before you put it on the blog yesterday, mm-hmm. you know we we had a little chat about the Dabo Swinney thing, uh-huh. and I am absolutely convinced. Now that I looked at it through a different lens, I'm absolutely convinced you're right for a couple of reasons. I do believe it was a plant for some of the reasons you said. One, that uh, the the caller was. Confirmed. It is prosecuted for mm-hmm. without anybody saying then Dabo Quinney was way too calculated in his response. Way too calculated. Yeah. There was there. He had a little bit of emotion. He had a little bit of his his, his details. His this is that were way too. Uh, for someone like him getting punched in the mouth like that publicly, and then the, and then the other thing is, mm-hmm. you watch every time somebody sticks their neck out, like supposedly Tyler the caller, mm-hmm. he is quickly identified, mm-hmm. and he either, he either becomes a pariah mm-hmm. or a hero. And to my knowledge, neither has happened. All that's happened is that the the people that like Dabo and the coaches, et cetera, have stood up, kind of. Look, he's finally saying what we want to say, or his Dabo's detractors are saying he went too far, et cetera. I, I don't. I 
I cannot believe that that was an organic call, uh, and uh, you should be congratulated. In fact, I I guarantee you, based on the fact that they're four and four, they're 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 bringing in Notre Dame. Um, that 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 was way too perfect timing. It's um, it's it's interesting that that whole thing happened because, and I'm looking for it somewhere. But um, the play-by-play voice of the deal was asked, and somebody tracked him down. And I'm going to find this quote, but why'd you let that happen? Why don't you hit the button? And his reply is really interesting. His reply is, I read Dabo Swinney's body language. And he didn't want me to. He didn't want us to to uh, cut that thing off. So at the very least, that's bull. Well, you know what? At the very least, even if that's the case, right? They were still looking to use that phone call to deflect from the season they're having and rally everybody around that Notre Dame game. So at the ver- at the very least, at the very least, it's a semi-fixed phone call. Because his reply, Dabo Swinney's reply he has there, is fully prepared and written out. He's ready to go. He has that thing memorized. He has the speech memorized. And, again, the thing I go back to about it is that nowhere in there is there a mention of, hey, you don't, you don't play in the portal, and your stance toward NIL is archaic. And, Sean, you and I follow recruiting. This thing I can't understand about their NIL approach. They're one of the cheatingest teams in America in the last since he's been there. They've cheated like champ. That's why I called the guy and called him a modern-day Bobby Bowden. God bless you, son. Here's a couple hundred thousand dollars, and here's a new house for mama. That's what they were doing for the last 15 years under this guy. I mean, they're not fooling me, and they're not fooling you, Sean. We, I mean, you really are in the weeds with it, and I follow it. So, and we know. Well, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't even view it the way you, but as soon as you mentioned it to me, uh, again, before the blog, before the blog came out, I was like, I, I listened to it again. I was like, oh, my God, he's right. And then the other thing is that, you said that the guy, the host, didn't pull the play. Well, that's that's nonsense yeah. because uh, uh, I co-hosted a show with Phil for five years um, on radio. Whether it was successful or not, who I don't know, but it, nonetheless, that did happen. I've been on here with you for the past eight or nine years, and every and I, I've uh, I've. Uh, uh, not my CD, but I've been uh, with Russell Smith a couple times and a couple of other guys through the years, and they all have producers. And that that call is not made by the host. That call is made by the producer, uh, usually. A- except for you, you could do it, obviously. Like, hey, get this guy out of here, or whatever. That there's no, and then there, and then you're the only uh, one that really has no screener. You just you a lot of times you come on and say okay you're next. There's no way they were caught flat-footed like that. No way in heck. So good on you, and I'm I'm surprised that more people haven't uh, caught on 
uh, to your take and taking him to task on that. It's funny because the play-by-play guy said that there are people out there that think it was staged. He, he, he sort of addressed that. So apparently that's made its way over there that we believe, uh, well, you know. Tyler from Spartanburg, it, it, that, that would be like um, Vol Andy or someone like that. No, but, no, that guy would be already be identified. Someone would say, hey, I mean, look at look, Florida, the caller. Guy next to me at a baseball game says, hey, I work with Florida. His real name is blank, blah, blah, blah. No, that, that guy would have been ID'd. And he would have been vilified, or he would have been, you know, you know, in a good way brought up. Yeah, I don't buy it. I don't, especially for Spartanburg. Come on, in state, no way, no way. So we're gonna we're going to bring the great Watson Brown in on the other side, and it's a Wednesday with Watson, and then we'll get some phone calls in on the other side, and you know, we really need a theme song for the Tennessee basketball team this year. Brian Hartman, are you coming to the conclusion that they're going to be pretty darn fun this year? Yeah, especially when they've they've looked this way without CZ and without Santi. And I think last night they kind of turned the second half over to a bunch of uh, kids, you know, the younger guys. Yeah, whatever. And and it could have it could have probably been a lot worse than the score. Actually, they could have probably got 120 to 130 if they really wanted to. Yep. But they kept it. Yeah, they kept it reasonable, which Brian, is good. Which Brian, is what they're supposed to do. Brian, have you looked to see where the final four is this year? I think it's in Vegas. Nope. Let me give you a hint, Brian. The Phoenix. Talking. Rick Barnes gets to Phoenix. We'll be smiling. I'm telling you right now, Matt Dixon can feel it in his blood. The first ball hasn't tipped off. Save your money, Living Vaugh fan. Moses, Moses is going to part the Red Sea and take the living basketball ball fan in the parts unknown, in the parts unknown, because by the time ZZ, ZZ gets to Phoenix. She'll be working. And Brian, what if they have to go through Albuquerque to get there? How great would it be? Will you believe then if you see Albuquerque pop up along the way? That's right, son. I know they're on the way. And you know what? I'm, you know what I noticed the past because uh, I've watched both games. Yes, sir. Is that the new guys are going to the past couple years? It's been my untrained opinion that. Yep. Um, we get in trouble sometimes when Triple J, Vescovi, and Zakai try to go outside their game and force things. Uh, where Vescovi uh, tries to become a penetrating guard where he's not. Zakai yep. uh, gets a little wound up and he's, he'd be better. And then when Triple J tries to force the issue a bit and 
those the two additions they've made with the emergence of Meshek, who I don't think is a point guard, but he can handle the ball. With the addition of those guys, oh. I think the other guys can settle oh. in because there's so many options. I, oh. I, I can't prove this, but oh. this, to the eye, this looks like the best team I've seen Rick Barnes have. Oh. Oh. The best players, I'm not saying this. They're loaded. This, this looks like the most complete team I've seen. Brian, tell the living listener where the uh, where the where it's happening again. I'm not gonna say the word. Where is it, Brian? They're playing the Final Four in Phoenix, and they've got to go through Glenn Campbell's song in reverse. They got to get to Oklahoma, and they got to get through Albuquerque. And if yeah, those two things happen, so I'm going to come out of the Southwest region. I get to Phoenix. Watson Brown on the other side. I'll be singing a love song to him as we continue on the other side. It's Wednesdays with Watson after those. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie. And you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hello everyone, this is Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. Get ready because the countdown has begun. It's the week you've been waiting for. Mark your calendars for our annual estate and antique event happening November 3rd and 4th. You won't want to miss it, so why not bring a friend? Take a stroll through history and who knows, you might find the perfect piece to take home. Join us, Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia for an unforgettable two-day event, November 3rd and 4th. Tillis Jewelry, where timeless beauty becomes reality. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11, 11, 23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com, Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. The great Watson Brown, I was visiting, chit-chatting, visiting. I was uh, busy chit-chatting with him during our brief interlude there. As we welcome you back, it is your Wednesday edition. We call it Wednesdays with Watson. I know it's very creative. I, I encourage you not to try this at home. Uh, and if you do, get more creative than I am. But in the meantime, I love this guy. I appreciate this guy. And, you know, from coach to coach to coach, he had to be really impressed with the job that Tennessee did over the weekend, keeping that game in front of him. Let me bring in the great Watson Brown. Without further ado, it's Wednesdays with Watson. Watson, great to talk to you. Hope you're doing well, and uh, great day to you, my friend. Let, let's park there. What would you think of Tennessee with Kentucky? Welcome to Verizon Wireless. Your call I thought it was one of their better uh, coached games that I've watched in the last couple of years, Tony. Mm-hmm. I, that was an easy one to lose because the Kentucky quarterback was hotter than firecracker. He's, he, he had played his best game. Kentucky's got really good receivers and a really, really good running back. And uh, I just thought they played the game out and they didn't make mistakes. And and uh, quarterback plays getting a little bit better every single week. And uh, the running game stays solid. And they, they lost some secondary, but yet they were able to hang in there, give up some yards. But they, they always kept their head above water, kept the lead, made Kentucky beat them, and they just couldn't do it. So I thought 
when I watched the end of the game and turned it off, I basically said this was a very good job by the University of Tennessee because this is one they could have very easily have lost. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, right, because in any of these game plans, Sean, we were talking momentarily, our first snap judgment on the on our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction, and look, that, that stuff, when you're doing a post-game thing, you don't have a chance to sort of go back and reflect or re-watch something where you, yeah. you know, it's hard to see things live. It just is. Yep. Our first um, blush was highly critical of Tennessee's pass defense, and the way they looked and how soft their coverages were, essentially the way the game looked, Watson, looking back on it now, is Tennessee just kept that game in front of them. They just kept the game in front of them knowing, hey, we can beat these guys, so let's make them, uh, let's take their running game away from them and make them earn it through the air, and if they can, more power to them. Well, Kentucky had time. They were doing different things to them. Kentucky hadn't been that open, had not been running all those play-action passes that they were throwing, which is holding all of your front people. It's not letting you get a good pass rush. Kentucky had struggled with pass protection, but they got rid of all that drop-back stuff, and they started throwing those play-action passes, and, and they have a very good running back sitting in the backfield that you have to honor, respect, and they were getting the ball in the tween areas. And the, it was between the secondary and the and the linebackers. Tennessee was playing a lot of zone. Um, lost a very important corner. And so, I mean, it, I just thought they played it out really nice. And uh, I, as I watched it as a coach, I said, uh-oh, Tennessee's got their hands full now. This quarterback's hot. He's making throws I hadn't seen him make all year. And and uh, I mean, he's putting them on the money, on time, on the money, and uh, catch and tackle them. They weren't getting just a ton of yards off of broken tackles or anything. Tennessee kept the ball in front of them, and I just felt like Tennessee had good poise in the game. The team had poise. I watched them play Florida. I watched them play Alabama. I didn't see poise in the game, and this one I did. And, a, and maybe as critical a game as they could have had all year, especially after losing to Alabama and losing to Florida. They could not afford to lose to Kentucky. And and I thought the coaches were poised, the team was poised, and they felt like they were going to win. They played like they were going to win, and they, they pulled it out. And that's, that's college football. Uh, it's NFL football. I mean, you can lose on any day now. It, 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 you can't. If a team's good enough to beat you, they can beat you on that day. And they don't have to be better than you. They just got to be better than you that day. Uh, you might beat them ten times, but that one time they beat you is the one that kills you. And Tennessee didn't let that happen. I thought Kentucky really took it to them. And yet Tennessee hung on at the end and, and, and were pressured, Tony, during the game. Now, they felt it. They felt the heat. Look out. Here it comes. Look out. Here it comes. And they just would take the pressure, hang in there, and, and, and make the plays they had to make to finish the game off. Yeah, and that's, to me, that's the thing that's really been really impressive this year about the job Heupel's done and his staff is they've won a bunch of games in different ways. Which, look, it's one thing, like, when you and I were first interfacing last year through the magic of George Plaster and... And his goofiness, 
You have to admit. Don't we love him? Oh, my God. He's incredible. <laughs> I mean, just the best guy on the planet. But, yeah, yeah. And just an absolute legend in our business and what he's done for talk radio in our state down through the years and a ton of great causes as well. I've got the utmost respect for him. I, I say goofiness is an absolute term of endearment. I'm a little goofy myself, if not a lot goofy. But Watson, last year we're on there and we're talking about this offense that just puts teams asleep. You know, you can go out and play like that. This year they've had to figure out more than one way to skin a cat, which is almost more interesting because what are you going to do this week, you know, to, to get by this opponent? I had a question, so let me ask you this. Tennessee, for the second game in SEC play, took a vaunted, highly rated run defense and ran all over them. You had mentioned in the A&M game that they had some special blocking scheme stuff in that one. Mm-hmm. What did you do Saturday night? What did they do Saturday night that you saw? Honestly, nothing real, real new. A little option. Smart. Uh, let Joe carry the ball a few more times. Smart. I think in the in the two games they've got coming up after Kentucky with Missouri and Georgia, they got to let him have it. He's got to carry it another five times or so. And uh, he's big and strong. He can fall forward. He don't. He don't. Flinch up. He tries to run over you, and uh, and he can, he throws. They hit him for a two yard gain, and he's gained five. And that's big. That is huge. I I've I've listened to a lot of people say, "Well, the Tennessee offense isn't as good. They're not as creative. They're I don't think Hopple's coached them as well. I think he's coached them better because he hasn't got the pieces he had last year, and uh, they're not there." They're not there. They're not as good at receiver. They're not going to be by the end of the year. And, I mean, you got two guys playing in the NFL right now, and then you lose the other one other than Squirrel with an injury in McCoy. But what has he got? Great running backs. Highly underrated running backs. I mean, everybody wants to talk about Davis at Kentucky. I mean, these, these guys at Tennessee, man. They're special, and uh, he's using them, and he's and he's getting Joe better and better and better. He's he's learned not to put the heat on him. I think they're working with Joe on his on his uh, leadership. I thought he didn't get into all of that rah rah pointing fingers. He's calmed down more each week, uh, and I don't see as much of that. And uh, you don't want to take it all away from him because that's a lot of his personality. But they, they have calmed him down to me. And I can't wait. I, I, I hope he has a great first half. I want to then, then let the freshman have it in the whole second half this week. And then here you go. It, it's the season's on the line. You, you, you've got to go and play Missouri. Not going to be easy at all in Georgia coming to town. And um, Georgia's quarterback – Tony is getting better. Wow, they've grown he's him. Getting, he's getting better, better. I'm not sure it wasn't. A, it didn't help them that they lost their tight end for just a little bit here. They're spreading it around. He's throwing it better. He's. I mean, I'm telling you, as where Tennessee is, Joe's got to get better to be able to beat Missouri and Kentucky. So he's still got to keep getting better. And as you get to those two games, he's going to have to make more plays than he's made in the Kentucky game. But he made plenty, and he did well in the Kentucky game. But 
Coach Heupel knows he's got to take him further if he can win either one of these next two after Connecticut. Elaborate on that. When you say he has to get better and you look at that Missouri game, how does Joe Milton have to improve if they're going to win there in your mind? They've got to loosen him up more, and he's got to be able to do it. Uh, they they protect him some now. They're not letting him make some of the throws that he need that he's going to have to make some of those deep square. They're going to have to loosen up and let him throw it 30 times, 35 times, and not 22. And he's got to be able to do it and win the games. Uh, and I think they're working on that, and they're they're doing what they got to do to win the games they got now. And um, I think you'll see him throw it deep more Saturday just to get more reps at it, more square-end kind of passes, get more reps at it, because they can have, a, have some where he maybe don't hit them yet and – still win that game and uh but by the time he gets to missouri and georgia both of those two quarterbacks are making a ton of plays joe's going to have to make more to win those games i guess my thought um on the missouri game is tennessee could run the ball kind of uh do the opposite of what they've done in years past but really rely on their running game because missouri's such a finesse team defensively maybe you're right maybe 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 missouri has the ability to take it away from tennessee and they put it on joe milton what uh, i think missouri has tony is they can score points a lot of you're points going to, you're going, yeah I, and at home i think you're going to have to get 35 40 i think that'll be a high scoring game and Tennessee's got to win it with points. And so these last few, they hadn't had to just win it with points. They, they're going to run it, and they're going to keep running it. And he realized these these SEC teams, nobody's nobody's putting them in the box, Tony. Everybody's playing them the same way. They're playing them with five or six in the box. And what I think they're saying is, yeah, we'll let you have these yards, but you're not going to score a ton of points this way. They're all scared of last year. Yes. And, uh, but they're going to have to score points against Missouri and Georgia. And I don't think just running it and throwing it 20 times will score enough points. That's where I'm coming from. I think Tennessee's going to have to loosen up. And when they loosen up, they got to call on Joe more, and, he, and he's got to make the plays. Throwing it 20 times isn't going to get it done, huh? Let's go back I don't to let's. Think so. we'll, we'll see. But uh, you've got to have an unbelievable rushing game. Uh, and. and eat clock, all of the things for that to work and score enough points. And that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. You're threading a needle at that point. As Watson Brown joins us this Wednesday, this is Watson. There's so much stuff I want to get into with him. Let me bring uh, Sean Sinclair in here as uh, he gets a chance to interface with greatness as opposed to me. Go ahead, uh, Cinco. Coach, again, love hearing you on Wednesdays. Thanks for sharing the day with me. Uh, Honestly, Coach, you. what you're talking about, uh, Joe, is there were two plays um, during that game. They were both broken pocket plays where he leaked out a little bit and found, I don't know, secondary, tertiary, whatever receiver uh, that went for big plays. When I saw that, I was I didn't even know who that quarterback was because I've never seen that with Joe Milton here. He, 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 he appeared to do it naturally. And so I just wonder what you're saying about the, he needs to loosen up, he needs to relax a little bit. That looked like he was more of the flow in the flow of the game than I've ever seen him. Just wanted your take on that. Oh, perfect, Sean. I mean, you're, that's what I'm getting at. That's thing. He's getting better uh, because he couldn't do that early in the year. 
He could not. He's not a great thrower on the run, but they must be working with him. He looked more poised when he broke the pocket. Usually when he breaks the pocket, I think he kind of gets a little uptight, and then here comes that bullet out of his hands. It's slightly off target and second and ten, you know, and that's the little things I'm starting to see that he's doing because there were two, couple, three, I don't remember, but you're dead on. Slid out of the pocket, under control, felt a little heat, slid to his right, I think, both times, and made nice decisions and nice throws and not knock-you-down throws. And uh, that's where I say he's getting better. And now they're going to have to let him. they got one more week. they got one more week, and then they're going to have to let him go, in my opinion, to, to win those two games, which they're capable of of winning both of those, Sean. And I I also think that, man, watch Georgia in the next two weeks. Can can Missouri or Ole Miss beat them? Either one of them beat them at home. Because uh, if they can't, I mean, they're going to come here with a two-game two lead, and so that we're not we're not going to, as Tennessee fan, they're not going to win the, the, the division. But if they lose one of those now, now they come to Knoxville with real heat on them. And uh, because if Tennessee knocks them off, they get to go instead of Georgia. And uh, so the next two weeks for Georgia, uh, watch them close. And if you're a big orange fan, pull hard for Ole Miss and Missouri in the next, or Missouri and Ole Miss in the next two games. Watson, who's the better chance of, of beating them? That Ole Miss bunch or uh, that Missouri team? I don't know. I, I don't think either one of them can beat them without Georgia helping them. I don't think either one of them are good enough to beat them in Athens. If 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 this game was in Oxford or Missouri, I'd I'd have a little different thought process. But it's not. They're both in Athens, and I think Georgia's going to have to help them. But Georgia's Georgia's capable of that. They are, and they've been good the last few weeks. The quarterback's been hotter than a firecracker, and he's still young and inexperienced, and he he could go out and. Throw a couple to somebody and keep a game close. But both of those offenses can score. So if Georgia messes it up a little, that's the way they can beat them. But if they're going to have to have Georgia's Georgia's help, in my opinion. I'll tell you, you, you want to be impressed with the job they've done on the recruiting trail. They lose Bowers, who's probably, you know, this talk about the Heisman, this Heisman, that. He's the most valuable player in college football when he's on the field for them. And uh, they didn't they didn't miss a beat with poor Florida. They just ran them over over the weekend after Florida started well. Oh, Tony. Steamroll job, man. I think man. it's been a – I think it's helped them because they've had to go to other people. Now they got them. They got skill. I mean, they're loaded. They're talented. And But they, here you got all these talented guys that aren't even touching the ball because they're going to Bowers so much of the time. Now they've expanded their team. And if and when he comes back for about championship time, if they get there to play Alabama, how much better are they now than they would have been if Bowers had just been the guy the whole time? So I think it's helped them. Now, it wouldn't have helped most teams, but Georgia's just so deep and so good at other positions that they weren't even using. And um, I've got a little bit of that feel about the Tennessee receivers. They're not last year's. They're not. But I think they're better than you think, and I think that they're going to have to be used more here after Connecticut week and two weeks in a row, and uh, I'm anxious to watch them because I think they're better than they're being given credit for, and I think they'll start making more plays. They've had a rough year, 
um, yeah. you no, know, it, to this point. I, I, I understand why people have been on them. Uh, I still say the one thing that people don't understand is Josh's stuff is complicated. It's not go run an outcut. It, that, it's not built that way. There's a lot of read on the run to it. And, and uh, as I've called it many times, you see horizontal options where they get in these tight splits and everybody runs those shallow crossing routes and, and all that. Well, t- Tennessee's is vertical options where they're making decisions. They pick each other off of stacking out there and switching up and getting the guy picked that way, whereas these shallow crosses pick them by crossing horizontally. Tennessee is a vertical option team, but you're reading, you're doing a lot of this on the run, and uh, and they're not throwing as much. When you throw more, you get better at that. They're doing what they got to do to win games, but when you're throwing it 22 times, you're also not getting a lot of work on that kind of stuff in in game situations. And right. uh, so I can't wait to watch them against the two biggies coming up, and I just believe you're going to see more wide openness than you've seen early in the year here. Brian Hartman's got a little something for you. Before we go to him, though, Watson Brown joining us on a Wednesday with Watson, and we're proud to have him here and blessed to have him with us on this Wednesday. Watson, the question for you is, when it comes to these backup quarterbacks, okay, and these kids you want to play them in a bye game like this, why is it, Matt Dixon was asking yesterday, I thought I'd throw this at you, why is it that it's standard fare in the sport that you give, let's say, your starting quarterback, Joe Milton. He plays the first half, and then he'll play the first series of the third quarter. Why don't they just, in a blowout game, which hopefully this is, why don't they just give him the entire second half? Why do teams start that first drive of the second half with that starter? What, what, where, where does that come from? Paranoid coaches. I mean, we're all paranoid. The old coach is sitting there at the half, and he's saying, well, we need one more touchdown, then I can relax and loosen up and let it go. I mean, there's never enough. There is never enough. It's just paranoidness. And that's why, for Tennessee's sake, they really need to put Connecticut away in the first half and let this kid have it in the second half and just see what he can do. And he needs that. And uh, because he is the future, period. He, no matter what, he's the future. And and I can't wait to watch him myself get better and better. Uh, but that's just the, that's paranoid coaches that are just paranoid. And I was one of them. You never, of course, never, I never was at a place where I got a whole bunch of big leads like that. But at the same time, if we ever got one, I was a little nervous because I knew we weren't great on defense usually wherever I was. So, but it's paranoid. That's all it is. So that's the deal. It's not um, no. we want to start the second half because, you know, the middle eight is so important and we need to get the rhythm of coming out at halftime. And no. we, we were kind of thinking that's what it was. but No. It, no. Score one more touchdown. Go out here, get me one more, and then I'm going to take you out. And a lot of times that's, it, it don't help that way because you only got, go get me one more score and I'm taking you out. Well, you just say that to one, and all of a sudden you never know what might happen. It's like I said to you last week, when do you put a guy, you say you're going to play him in the first half. Well, mm-hmm. okay, in the third series you're going to play. Well, mm-hmm. the third series, the ball's on the two-yard line coming out. Well, I don't want to put him in that. And then you could say if the ball's on the 10 going in, we got a turnover. Well, you want the score, so you don't put him in there. 
Y'all can't tell you how many times I've apologized to a quarterback at half because I didn't didn't get him in when I said I was going to get him in. We're paranoid. We're all just a bunch of paranoid people. If the lead gets to this in the first half, he plays. What What's the number? And you just give him the ball game the rest uh, of the game. Over 28. I'd say 35-7 or something. I think somewhere over 28 they'll put him in because they know that Connecticut can't score 28 points. Yeah, that's what that's what I think, and and I they got to be hoping they can get to that and let this kid have it. He might get some against Vanderbilt. He's not going to get any unless Joe gets hurt, and then in the two biggies coming up after this week. Watson, do you when you put him in the game, do you keep the ones with him, or do you get those guys off the field and get those guys a rest for the Missouri game? How do you handle that? I always left the ones with that guy one more time. Then I took him out. But I did leave the one so I could see the guy with better players and um, what he practiced with some even during. You try to get the two in with the one some in practice. He usually practices with the twos, but I always wanted that guy to get at least one series of practice with the ones because of the quick injury and you got to put him out there. Uh, so I, I always tried to. Play the ones with the backup quarterback for one series, and then they're through. How about two, Watson? Can we get him for two or maybe three? Come on now. <laughs> paranoid. You're working with paranoid people, Tony. You got, you've got to understand that, man. Uh-oh. Isn't that awful? Well, so that's the thought. that we got to get this guy out of the game because the sports gods are going to get me if I leave him in here. If I leave my ones in here in a game that's already over, karma's going to get me here. That's kind of these guys are all paranoid. That's kind of your uh, your line yeah, it here. Is. And then if you leave him in, and I've done that before, I've left him in one more series and a half, and he sprains an ankle. Yes. And now you now you kill yourself. You absolutely kill yourself when you do that. So I don't know. It's. That, that's always a tough thing. And you say, well, we'll put him at the start of the half. But then you're sitting there, well, I wanted one more score than we got at halftime. Let's go get one more, then we'll put him in. And so, I don't know. It, it never works out the way you want it to anyway, or it never did for me. In all fairness to me, my third Saturday, or third, third, sir, my third series thing that I was harping on last week, Tennessee was up 10 nothing. It would have been a decent spot to try that in the Kentucky game. In all fairness to me, if they would have if they would have oh, done think that, what, I think what you said that I said that last week to you. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, you'd like to get him in, start giving him a series every time. Yeah, but the, I, I agree with that, and I've tried that, but it's also hard to do then. And then, and then you get in the middle of a game with the competitiveness in it, and the, and and I don't know. It just it's. Hard to stick to it, and I have to say about half the time I probably didn't. About half the time I'm apologizing to a quarterback at halftime. Brian Hartman's got a nugget for us. It's Wednesdays with Watson. Go ahead, Brian. Do you like uh, the use of Dylan Sampson in the second half? Because when Wright and Small have pounded on a defense, and you can get Sampson in there in the fourth quarter, he's fresh, and he's really hard for a defender that's been in the game for – 60, 70 plays to be able to keep up with him. Do you like how yeah. Tennessee used him in that game? I, I, I do. Um, I like the way they use all three of them. I think with what you're doing, 
with a running back and as fast as you go, it also wears them down. If, if it wears anybody down, the offensive linemen don't get as tired as you think because they come off the ball three yards, they get straight back up, they stand at the line of scrimmage and take a deep breath. They're not going back to a huddle, but that running back may be getting knocked down and he's gained 10, 12 yards and he's full go and he gets up and he's got to do it again because they don't want to take him out because that then the substitution deal comes into play. So Tennessee, if you watch them, they don't substitute any of those 11 when they really want to go fast. They leave them out there. So I just think I always said when I was fast-paced, and I was a fast-paced guy uh, when it all came into play, I was one of those, and I always said you, you're going to go fast-paced, you've got to have depth. You've got to have depth. And and uh, Tennessee's got it at a very critical, critical spot. The running back in Tennessee's offense is no different than the quarterback. He, he basically has got something very critical to do on every play. And he's either pass protecting, he's carrying the ball, or, or he's faking and then going out for a pass. He's, he's, he's getting it every play. Uh, the receivers don't get it every play. They're out there, and they'll run that little quick screen thing, and they just stand there. You know, watch Tennessee's receivers. They're not all running down the field chasing the ball every play. There's a reason for that. You don't want to wear them out. You don't want to wear them down, so they'll step back. If they don't get the ball, okay, get back lined up and go again. The running back and the quarterback are the ones that really do get tired in this stuff. Tight end I'd put in there pretty close too, especially with Tennessee because they're using the tight end in tight a lot more than they did last year. They were a lot more four wides with their tight end last year. They're a lot more tight end in a slot by the tackle this year. Hey, give them credit, Watson, on, on short yardage there, and it didn't work out. And they ended up getting a penalty on poor Kentucky because Kentucky, when they play the Vols, they can't help themselves. They've got to just mess all over themselves, as we say in the trade. But uh, they the, when they went with that three tight set, and, I mean, that young tight end they put in there got folded up like a lawn chair, but there was a penalty called on Kentucky on the play on that third and short. Yeah. Tennessee's just not comfortable doing the short yard. From under center, they even went under center. They're just not comfortable doing it this year. No, and I hope they can, they still got enough time to get better at it. Uh, I would think he's practicing that more and more on a Tuesday. That's your that's your physical day in practice more, and hopefully they're, they're working on that. But uh, – Spread teams, that's always a tough thing on spread teams because uh, Kentucky, look at Kentucky's yeah. offense to Tennessee's, they get in those kind of sets and normal down and distances. Well, that's not Tennessee at all. And you've got to get in those kind of sets because if you don't and you stay in your spread sets and they put 7-8 in the box, you can't, you can't block them all. So you've got to come up with these kind of sets. Some, and it is a hard thing to do for a spread team. Hey, Watson, unrelated note, how much are the folks in the ACC, you think, enjoying the um, Clemson humbling, the humbling of Dabo, the Dabo losing his mind, which I think was semi-planned on a caller the other night on his call-in show. Um, that was unbelievable. <laughs> how much well, do you I, think I those people... I've been there so many times. I've wanted to do that so many times because I've had call-in shows about... I've all yeah. coached in a lot of cities. So if you're yes. coaching in cities, Cincinnati, yes. Houston, yes. Nashville, Birmingham, you have those things. <laughs> Man, have I wanted to do that so many times. So I kind of chuckle when I saw it. 
Well, he finally lost it, I guess. And maybe you're right. It could have been planned. Who knows? Who knows? People, yeah, people don't realize, like, uh, maybe we're giving too much credit thinking that, but it just seems like um, it's interesting to watch a guy like him who it came so easily to. Now, he's worked yeah. hard, right? Yeah. But, I man, he's change. never really been criticized. This this nope. thing is brand new for him because they've had kind of a cult over there at Clemson. It's a little scary, like how how revered he is and – I, I just the whole we're just different. We do things differently, even though we know they they're not. But they're not. They're not. I agree with that. One As you told me last year, yeah. I'm not taking any shots at. They're not doing anything different. Josh Heupel's doing. Nick Saban's doing. Uh, <laughs> Hugh Freeze is doing at Auburn. We, we're all. I love the word culture. I mean that that tickles me to death. I mean. It's nothing. Culture is nothing but structure. That's all it is. Here's your structure. Here's way. Here's the way we do things. But pretty much all these guys do things the same way, Tony. I mean, so no. I I, I thought I thought he was patted on the back way too much for some of that stuff. And Thank you. Now and now he's turning around. And I think he's done a great job. I'm not taking shots at him. I'm just saying. It's the nature of the business. When you get patted on the back, you better be ready to take it between the eyes because you stay long enough, it's going to get you sooner or later. And this Harbaugh thing, it proves that college football is just the most insane, <laughs> incredible spectacle on the planet. They're now saying that this underling snuck onto the sidelines. At, was it Central Michigan, Bry, where they have him over there as sort yeah, of a disguised as a Central Michigan coach, how he got a press pass, how he got down there on the sidelines, and, and there's a there's a, um, a thing that happened where a ball carrier ran out of bounds near him, and he like covered his face real quick and put his head down because he knew the cameras were going to be on him. <laughs> Watson, college football remains the best. Do you believe? That this thing is at this point is it comical or is it disturbing? What is the Harbaugh stuff right now with Michigan this year? It, it's it's disturbing, and and another reason it's disturbing. There's probably a bunch of folks across the country cringing <laughs> because I'm telling you, I, I, this stuff is going on. This isn't new. This stuff is going on. So many times I can remember being at one of the places that coach and we saw a guy in the bushes and caught him watching practice and couldn't prove it and won't even say who it was against or whatever. But and he took off running and we've got people chasing him. him. I mean, this stuff, this stuff has gone on forever. Can I guess that was in Texas? When you finally get caught, yes, and there's others out there that are cringing and saying, uh oh. Can I guess, Watson, that was in Texas? Is that a decent no, guess? No, I'm not saying. I'm well, not I mean, look, say. look, you were in the old Southwest Conference when, oh. I, what was it like for you? We've never talked about this. But when the governor in the state where you worked got implicated for paying ball players at SMU, the governor, the governor, what was that like, Watson? Tony, I can tell stories through those two years that you, I was there right when it went down. I was at Rice, and and uh, 
I mean, the whole hell broke loose, man. And I mean, it started spreading through every team and everywhere, and it cost the conference. You lost the conference over it. It folded. And people scattered and went Big 12. And, I mean, you lost the Southwest Conference, one of the all-time. I put it right there with, with the Southeastern Conference. I still say those were the two top dogs. When, that, when the Southwest Conference was rolling uh, with Texas and all of them, Arkansas. It was phenomenal, man. The old South. Phenomenal. Because it meant everything. It's just like. SMU that's was right. fantastic. They were really, really good, man. And. And uh, to watch that all just go down, it shows you the power of college football and what it means, Tony, and how serious it is. And uh, and all the things they were doing, not just SMU now, a bunch of people were doing. When I talk about cringing, when SMU got caught in that league, you think there weren't cringes all over that conference? And when they got caught... What they got caught for is today what is legal. It's all legal, all legal. now. Yep. It's all legal. It was so much we more lost fun. A big time conference over yep. something now that's legal. It's unbelievable the process through college football. And my man Donnie Tindall says amen and hallelujah. He's been out like I think he's like in year nine of a ten year show cause for what today they would say. Hey, man, that's good, smart recruiting, what you're doing. Yeah, and I mean, we're sitting here, to, you, you know, you, you brought up such two great points here. We're talking about the past and what now is legal, and now Dabo's dealing with that because he, he won't do it. He won't do it. It's going to cost him his job if he don't do it. That's right. He doesn't get in that transfer portal. He ought to just go ahead happen. and pack his bags, because put his house on the market. It ain't going to happen. Yes. These teams now can replace their weaknesses immediately with older, good players instead of bringing a freshman in and say, okay, we're going to have to play with a few freshmen here for the half, first yep. half of the season. And, and, and he's going to have to do it if he's going to stay at Clemson. You cannot make it and do it the old way anymore. And to show you, and to show you Watson, just one little thing. I want listeners to think about this. Anybody here in this show? Florida State went out and won the transfer portal. Florida State and Clemson played a one-score game in Clemson's building that went right to the wire. What does that game look like if Florida State didn't add the, the Bell kid from South Carolina, the offensive lineman from Auburn, the Jared Verse kid who Tennessee battled with him over in the, in the transfer portal? Think, now, I want you to think about that for a second. And they added about seven or eight guys and won the transfer portal redid their program and they right now are on the periphery or probably are in the uh the process of making a 14 playoff overnight they just took clemson's place that's exactly what they did uh watson and 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 there's the commitment when it's time to do it when it's time to go and and win they went to a lot of their donors and got the money yes to pay for all these guys legally. Yes. And they made the commitment. And that's what I just love to listen to these teams. Oh, we get to fire another coach. You can make a commitment, man, because if you don't have players as good as who you're playing, you're not going to beat them. You're just not going to win enough games. You've got to have players as good as who you're playing. That's and my, you don't get those kind of players without a commitment through your university. That's my main man right there, the great Watson Brown. I love you. I appreciate you. 
And I hope you have a wonderful day, my friend. It's an honor to be on with y'all. Ah, you're the best. I I look forward to it every week. God, thank you, Watson, so much. All right, guys. The great Watson Brown appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline, online at tldlogistics.com. One, uh, about 23 hours from now, we're going to have a special announcement coming up that you're going to want to hear. It's very, very exciting news. We're going to take a brief on the uh, for my baseball fans out there, my Tennessee baseball fans. Speaking of baseball, this Bruce Bochy might be the most underrated coach in all sports. It's a shame baseball doesn't occupy more of a spot on the American sports landscape because he might be the best coach breathing right now. Literally, here's a day where this guy loses his slugger. And one of his Balcal starters, who, who granted was has been banged up, but they went out last night. He calmed the hey, waters. Tom. Go ahead. They're they're like eleven and zero on the road. How do you do that, Brian? In the postseason. How do you do on the that? Road, they've won like every single postseason game, and they played most of them on the road. They won every single one of how them. How good is this guy? And they're mashing people in their building. Like it's not even like he's so good. He so, he immediately goes down there and they turn in to winners. As we continue, it's hour two after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons and we run his dealership and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer.
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Hey Columbia, this is Sabian Beard with the Columbia Noon Rotary Club with some information and an invitation for you. If you don't already know about Rotary, it's an organization over 100 years old that focuses on service in the community, service through vocation, and service to the next generation. Many of our community figureheads participate in the local Rotary Clubs, and we need your help. Our main fundraiser for our service projects is the legendary Pancake Day, held on Saturday, November 11th from 6 to 4. Tickets are $10 for one or $25 for three, and may be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member. Help us continue to serve your community and enjoy a splendid breakfast with your neighbors. See you there. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. The folks over on Twitter Spaces, boy, they really, I'm sure it's thrilling conversation for them. They got to hear me talk about my tendonitis kind of stuff that I'm getting in my elbow from playing music which means uh, I don't know what it means. I'm getting old. I, I don't know, but Cinco kind of walked me through that, made me feel better about myself, and told me I'm going to get to keep playing for years to come. So thank you, Sean, for that. Uh, Watson Brown had some interesting things to say. Uh, today, Matt Dixon had the floor over at the blog, over at tclub.team, and I want to visit on a couple things that Matt had, and then I want to go to the phones because we have folks that want to speak, 865-200-5402. He's S-E-A-N Sinclair, DDS, uh, beautiful Maryville. I want to say a special word of thanks. The audience, so I had to get on a little bit here, to really help us with this Amachi uh, tailgate, which is coming up Saturday. Uh, I will post tomorrow and Friday. Uh, we just got our assignment of where it's going to be. I will post that. 
and then uh, we will take her from there. I'd love to see you out there. If you're coming in for the game, um, we still need tickets. You know, we always need tickets. And here's the thing about Brooke. Brooke's not going to let a ticket go to waste. So she'll share with other agencies if, if it comes to that. We're going to have a huge tailgate there uh, in the tailgate Tennessee area uh, in, alum, in Circle Park, which always makes me very nostalgic because I'm a, a, I'm a, a proud, mem- proud member, proud graduate of Tennessee School of Communication. So I always get, get to thinking, man, I, I was just a wet behind the ears kid walking to class here. I never could have dreamed that we would get a chance to do some of the stuff in our community that we get a chance to do. And uh, the other day I was thinking about how me and Laura loaded up everything that we owned and left Roanoke in 1991 and moved back here and lived in Fort Sanders for a while. And if you'd have told me the way the story was going to turn out back then, I would have wept. I mean, literally, kind of like I do now. I just feel so blessed to get an opportunity to do this every day. Do you guys realize, and Sean, I want to ask you this, because it, it got so good so quickly here that I, I don't want to say people got spoiled, but people got to believing that, you know, we weren't going to have the season we've had. But let's reflect on one thing. Last night was the first anniversary of when that Tennessee was, the, the poll was released and that initial playoff deal, uh, the ranking, college football playoff ranking, and the Vols were number one. Sean, what do you remember about that night? And a year later, what does it mean? Because it, it means an awful lot to me, and it meant an awful lot to me at the time. Well, I remember, I remember thinking that um, – it was a uh, it was an algorithm or something because I never thought we were the best team in the country. Uh, I just thought it was uh, some kind of computer model, and I I never thought we would go undefeated or and win the national championship. That's no offense to that team, um, but it was it did mean that we were back uh, in the the conscience of America college football fan. Um, it meant that we were being talked about by the same uh, people that were talking about the, the big boys of the playoff era. And it also meant that it was a validation to the recruits and the kids that stuck around and, and the hypo after, because frankly, hypo got kicked in the jimmies uh, at, at uh, central Florida. Uh, the narrative on that was that uh, Scott Frost uh, put him on third base and, and he, he, he didn't score. He got picked off third. That's not true. We've seen what happened to Scott Frost, and Heifel's only, you know, elevated his his um, his uh, career in the national spotlight. So that's what that. What does it mean today? Uh, it 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 means a lot to me because to, this year is a is a less year so far, meaning less in the rankings, less in the Heisman, less in all these things, Belitnikov. Yet. Even though we're hanging around 17, 15, whatever, uh, this this team still has a chance to end up top 10. And, you know, next year will be interesting. Um, I don't know if that's going to be a uh, 
similar type of year. I think we will. I think we'll have some challenges next year. Yep, I agree. Uh, but I think the program is going great. I, I disagree with you about we were spoiled simply because I think we went twelve to fifteen years of, of being jobbed, and uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Tennessee fans deserve to be in the playoff every a fourteen playoff every year. Uh, but a twelve team playoff, I think Tennessee fans should buy their tickets and think they have a chance. And I don't think that's unrealistic. I came here at eighty five and we certainly haven't won championships every year, nor right. produced the Heisman Trophy winner, but that's we've right. come close. And I think that's uh and I think Tennessee is one of those teams. So um no, I, I I thought it was great. I was more happy for Heupel and the guys uh, than I was for me. Um, uh, but I think um, I think we're still right there. I remember doing a Garza Law special transmission that night because we, yeah. we were going to be in there. And I remember doing a special Garza Law transmission that night. Now, when our name came up number one, and I realized, like you say, that it was just sort of a snapshot in time. But, man, it was really cool. And I consider that to be an accomplishment. Brian Hartman uh, dug, dug up a nugget that Tennessee is in select company. This four-team playoff era is like eight or nine years old. And it's getting ready to be put to bed, thank God, because it's stupid. Uh, because you, need a, you either have a 12-team playoff or you don't have a playoff at all, in my humble opinion. Get a, go back to the bowl season. But, Bri, give uh, the living listener the snooze, snoot, and snugget at the sports glitch before six. Give it to us, Bri. Well, there's only been seven teams that have ever been ranked number one in the college football playoff hall. Lots of teams, more teams have been ranked in the top four, and just about every FBS school has been ranked in the power five, that is, has been ranked in the poll at some point. But only seven have ever been ranked number one. Alabama's been ranked number one the most by far. Then you have Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, Georgia, Mississippi State, and Tennessee. How about that, guys? After all the balls fan base have been through the last decade and a half, Beautiful. to be one of seven teams that's had a number one ranking in the CFP poll is pretty amazing. It's pretty freaking special. I'm telling you, I call that an accomplishment. People say, well, you're reaching. Well, we've been through an awful lot, and I call that an accomplishment. Now, here's what's interesting. We're going to watch the rest of the season, and the, and the question's going to become, if, if this year were the 12-team playoff, if you had that, okay, this Tennessee team right now would be tracking to get in that conversation. This is what it's going to look like in years to come. Right now, when, when, you, when you beat Texas A&M and you beat Kentucky, even though you lose to Florida, you've put yourself in a position. Obviously, you need some, you need some help. The way the format works right now is you have six automatic bids to highest-ranked conference champions, which they need to amend that to five. But then six at-large bids. Top four champs get buys. Here's the way a 12-team playoff would look right now. And this is why I'm saying if Tennessee were to win them all with the exception of Georgia, they would be right in right in the conversation. 
right now the way the rankings fall, the 12 team Bry is whom? Who's the 12 team? Oh, it would be Tulane. Okay, so they're the group of five team that would get in. Then you have number 11 Penn State who would play number six Oregon. You have number 10 Ole Miss who would play number seven Texas. I think Tennessee could jump into either one of those spots. I think they could jump into Ole Miss's spot eventually by the end of the year if if we were well, projecting. Go ahead, Brian. Nine and three is going to get you close to it. Yes, it is. That's going to have you in the fringe top fifteen. That's what Sean was talking about. That's what Sean was and talking about. Missouri, hell, Missouri's a contender according to them. They're twelve. Sure, they are. I guess. Would Tulane bump them out being the power five, being the group of five? Yeah, that's that's the – they need to amend that thing. Well, they need to get rid of – what you won't have next year is you won't have two of those teams from the West uh, in that deal. Uh, This whole thing is going to be really interesting. Well, and and then you've got two right now, two more teams from the SEC that are in the Big 12 right now. It's going to be curious to see how they treat – these mega super leagues, are they going to put four from a super league in there? Like, this is four right now. You've got Alabama, Oklahoma. You've got Texas. You've got Georgia. And you've got Ole Miss. That's five. Five from the SEC. And then on the other side, if you took the – if you and you take the other super league model, you've got Oregon, Penn State. That's two. You've got Washington, three. Michigan, four. And you've got Ohio State. That's five. Now, when they all join the same league, are they going to treat these teams the same? Or are they going to want to spread the wealth? Because they ought to treat it the same, in my opinion. They ought to treat it the same. Let's go to the phones. Just wanted to get that in there. It's the first anniversary plus a day of what was a really special night that I'll never forget. We were on the air that night. And I, for one, will never forget it. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony. It's Big John. Hey, John. Welcome in. Uh, you know, um, before I make my observations, I just uh, I just can't help but think how if we had Hendon Hooker in last year's team, like this year we had a real shot of being in the, in the college playoff, if not winning the national championship, because this is the weakest that the SEC's ever been in a long time, Tony. I don't see us losing to Florida or Alabama with last year's team. I mean, I know that's hindsight and doesn't really matter now, but it just sucks that, you know, we we're about a year uh, year too late on the team that we put on the field last year. Last year's team would have smoked the schedule so far. They'd be easily undefeated. I agree with that. Smoke job. Yeah. Uh, Tony, um, in regards to moving forward, what is going on with the pass rush lately? Have you uh, – have you thought, you know, gave that any thought? Like, we, it looked like we were so dominant earlier in the year, and it's not like we've been horrible, but it seems like we ain't getting home as much as we was early on. Sean Sinclair, what do you think? Because Matt Dixon made a great point today, which is our ends need to start selling holds more, put their arms up in the air. He thinks Tyler Barron needs to fall down a little bit. Uh, I mean, as you're held, you got to sell it a little bit. Plus, we're not blitzing. Sean, what do you think? A couple things. Uh, one is that we uh, we're running up against much larger uh, offensive tackles. Uh, Alabama's guys and Kentucky's guys are just humongous uh, compared to what we played before. 
so they're getting uh, they're kind of they're getting held, they're getting hugged, they're getting whatever, and it, and it's not being called. Two, uh, because of the uh, scheme last week, um, we we went to a lot of zone blitzes. So our ends were in coverage quite a bit. You may have seen Roman Harris. You saw it against, uh, oh, the other day, uh, 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 James Pierce had a nice tackle on the outside. Uh, Roman Harrison was in coverage quite a bit. So a lot of times we're only really bringing four. uh, uh, And there was, you know, we just got eaten up. People are are keeping more in. Uh, Ends are getting chipped either by a tight end or keeping a back in there and uh, so it's the bottom line is you're just getting less you're, you're not getting as close to the quarterback as you have been and those yeah. to me those are the reasons i'll tell you what i'd like to see is um you know because it seems like we run our off the edge pretty wide and yeah we've been getting held quite a bit i mean that, there's no denying that but a lot of times it seems like we're, we're rushing so wide, like it's going around the quarterback instead of actually, you know, spinning back in with a spin move or just straight bull rushing like Pierce did in the A&M game where he just bowled over the offensive lineman into the quarterback for a sack. So, you know, I think if we, you know, developed a little bit more of a push up, you know, up the middle, then it would collapse the pocket on the quarterback a lot better. But it seems like we're just getting too wide right now and being held like we are ain't really helping a bunch either, so. Well, another, another thing that hasn't been talked no, about is that uh, um, the the linebacker out uh, apart from Beasley is just getting eaten up and chewed up. I mean, uh, with all and they're young guys like um, uh, the Herring kid. He looks like he's on skates out there. He has, to me, he may have it, but he plays like he has no clue what he's doing. He doesn't look naturally. His drops are are not great. His reads are not great. It's not. I'm not blaming him. Uh, he should not play like a six-year guy like Keenan Peely or, or or a five-year guy like Beasley. But uh, and then when you get Arian Carter in, it's even worse. I mean, I know these guys are superstars in the making because of recruiting rankings. But when they get out there, they just look absolutely lost. They have no clue how to drop into a zone, what to look for. The guys are getting wide open right beside them. That, I mean, come on. They're not reading the proper keys. So uh, it's just young guys. So that's not helping. I don't think I don't think our secondary got any better. I don't think Kamal hadn't got any better. I think the pass rush was in the quarterback's face. And, yeah, and, it, and it, it, caused, it caused rushed or bad passes. Yep, I agree, Cinco. Um, and another thing, like as far as our wide receivers go, and I know they've got a lot of flack this year, and you know, rightfully so on some of it, especially drop passes. But uh, that last game, I saw multiple occasions uh, on third down where um, they were running wide open on slants, like one time from the slot and one time from the right outside. They were both from the right. And Joe Milton, he just laser locks on whatever his initial read is. Like, he, he does not go through progressions. And whatever his initial read is, he is following that guy the entire play through until he's sacked or, you know, something happens. And he's, he's got to do a better job of, like, moving his eyes off of the initial read. Like, if you're counting two Mississippis and that play still ain't developed, uh, chances are it's not going to. He's got to have a better mental clock. And I think if Heifel maybe used a little more bootleg or get him out of the pocket, he'd be a little bit more comfortable because he gets happy feet big time. Anytime that pocket even starts to close just a little bit, he's, he's, you can tell he just gets nervous. 
And, um, and hey, he no, hang, like on a, he hang on a couple of things on that is that's what I was talking about. The first part of the show about he went 17 to 20 and I thought he missed a lot of, he missed a lot of opportunities. I think you're right. However, if you, if you start, if you start rolling Joe out, then all of a sudden you take his eyes going to one guy and then cut the field in half. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that really helps him because he, he seems to gun the ball when he starts doing that. So. I don't know. I, I really give these guys a lot of credit because they are getting every bit of juice they, they can out of Joe. They really are. Uh, no, no matter how hard they squeeze. But um, one thing I would tell people to look for and reflect on this is, sure, we are getting – receivers are getting open. But I'll tell you what, they're not getting a whole lot of yards after catch. Those guys – it looks like Tim Banks in some of these games is keeping everything in front of you. Okay, you got the catch. But you're not getting behind us. And yes. Tony made a great point the other day that modern college football seems to build a lot of their stats between the twenties, and then it, it, that's happening to us. That's why Charles Campbell's four, four, five, and five. But uh, no one likes the term "bend but don't break." But that's how my Chiefs won a Super Bowl last that's, year. That's the game now, Sean. And we as fans get mad when somebody catches a ball for twenty-five yards on us. And and I do too. I yeah. do too. But but you know what? It only counts if you get it in the end zone. If I hold you to a field goal in today's day and age, it's a great result. So Yeah. That, and that's gonna be key against Georgia and Missouri. Like Absolutely. You know they're gonna move the ball and you, there's no way you're gonna be able to stop them. But if nope. you can hold them to two or three, four field goals maybe in that game. Yes. And and you convert, you know, seventy five percent in the red zone and you know, do better there, then you give yourself a chance. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. You know, Watson Brown had a great point, which I thought was interesting, because I thought he would come on here and effusively praise the job Milton did. But he did the football coach thing, which is he said, you know, he's pretty good. But, man, he needs to get better. He needs to get better. Because if you don't get better, you're not going to beat Missouri. I was like, wow. And I don't think he says things for a fact. I think he really means that. He says, well, I, think, Look, I, think, I think you're not going to beat Missouri if your defense is going to give up those kind of plays. Because they'll finish them. Yeah, well, so did Florida. I yeah, mean, they'll finish them. Right. They have the athletes that's, that's to finish the problem. them. That's the problem. And I think Tim Banks, you know what? I, I'm not a fan of the coaching of the secondary. I've, I've said that. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Willie Martinez guy. No offense to Willie Martinez. No God offense, Willie. But I just I I don't understand. We have this has been three years, and then plus the time when he was here before. Oh gosh! When when do our any of our secondary turn around to see the ball? Sean, you set yourself up for either uh, an interference on a back shoulder. It's catch. never going to happen, Sean. But he, yeah, so you have the only assumption you can make is that's how they're being taught to play. And I would say I don't know if it's right or wrong. But it seems to be ineffective. Why do these guys go to the NFL, Sean, and become ball hawks and guys that are turning around making plays, picking balls off? Well, I, again, uh, the, interesting. You know, all the all the Martinez fanboys will lose their head. Interesting. So I'm not going to get into it, but uh, it, it it I I don't get it because we are recruiting some of the best athletes in in college football back there. Not at safety, but at cornerback and, and still. You know what's crazy, Sean? We knew how the script was going to play out. I didn't know it was going to go this way. 
Because I'm telling you, my sources tell me a couple things. That one class of offensive linemen that X wrote about yesterday is completely, they're just like writing off. As something happens, that's good, fine, whatever. This secondary class, they just brought in these kids can really play. God forbid they give them a chance in a football game. Well, God, you know what? I think, I think honestly, sorry to walk on you, but I think that uh, I think that Watson answered that question. Coaches are paranoid. The Back devil the... they know is better than the devil they don't know, even if the devil they don't know yeah. has the chance to be better. And you know what, Brian Jean Marie, as we said earlier in the summer likes to play multiple guys, and he's living with the consequences of playing the kids, which is what you were just talking about, and he's going to grow them. These guys look at Rodney Garner. are going to put the same guys out there in that secondary and expect different results. And I got news for them. They're not going to get it. Those upper-class guys are going to turn around. They're going to look in. They're going to pirouette. They're going to get the ball thrown over them at Alabama in critical spots. I mean, no offense. But you, to, to, to put those same guys out there, absent of a great pass rush and expect different results, but, again, the game's played between the 20s, and, you know, teams are going to run up and down the field on each other, and you just got to hold guys out of the end zone. So there is that. But I would love to see the kids play just a little bit. Just, you know, can you guys just just a little bit humorous? Just a, li- just a little bit, guys. It's maddening. It's frustrating, and it's stupid. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're on the Wednesday edition. How my friends compatriots doing today? Dub your Lynn, how we doing, brother? Well, I'm doing great. First thing I want to say, it was such a blessing to be, to be with you, Mike Carver, Marcos Garza, and Craig Jenkins making that commercial. Incredible. Yes, I cannot incredible. wait. Cannot wait for the living listener to see it. You styled and profiled, and you know, look. And I said yesterday, we had a couple of extras that were supposed to be here, W. Lynn, with us helping. Yeah. And I don't want to flame those people, but it would have been nice if they would have gotten there. But, W. Lynn, I'm not here to flame anybody on the air. Go ahead. I I think uh, Peggy should replace those extras. Peggy, next time we do the – next time we do – uh, a commercial for Fish Pantry on television, Peggy. I want you in it. Okay, Tony. Uh, Watson Brown was uh, Watson Brown was great as ever, and uh, but I'm looking at this playoff thing and, and trying to look at next year. Yep. And you know, the SEC and the Big Ten would occupy ten of the twelve spots. Well, that's not going to happen because. The Big 12, new Big 12 champ next year, right now the leader is Utah, and they're 18. Thank you for stopping me. You're exactly right. So, so they're going to bump somebody. And then if you get a group of five guy, a group of five, Tulane or Air Force, well, that's going to bump somebody else because you got to put the ACC champ in there. They're in there this year. But, uh, you know, the Big 12 next year, I'm not so sure they're going to have a great team. I mean, I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, Well, and then you've got the West Coast Conference going away, but yet yeah. they're saying we're still going to give, uh, we're still gonna give a, a, a spot to one of the West Coast teams. I'm like, a champ out there. I'm like, well, are we going to give the Mountain West a champion? 
I mean, what, are we kidding me? San Diego State? I mean, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, they have got to change it to the top five champs and seven and seven at large. It's That's ridiculous, man. Yes. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, we're 17th. It's like you all were discussing. I mean, we're the next four out. You know, we're not the first four out, but we're kind of the next four. And you do control your own destiny at this point. That's if you what I went, love about it. Yeah, I love it. If you went three and one down the stretch and you're Tennessee – you're probably going to sneak in as as Team 12 this year in the playoff. And the thing that I'm going to love about this, that it's going to help us, when we play in signature games on television, we get tremendous ratings yeah. because people love seeing that orange. I'm telling you, yeah. when I go to Pennsylvania and I go back and visit, uh, we got tons of Tennessee fans up there, I'm telling you, that will watch these games. My cousins will text me when we're on. People just love that orange, man. I'm telling you. And I know some people in North Carolina that we've met in Maine, and they try to watch every game we play now. There you go. It's a big draw, yeah. man. But uh, it, it, it's it's fun. It was fun watching it, and I did dream, kind of think about last year. And I, I know it was part, it was the worst timing ever is, is that it came out right before we went to Georgia. But uh, it, it was so fun to see us number one after what we've been through for I say twenty years, really. Yep. You know, and uh, it's it, it's a good thing. And next year with twelve teams, it'll be a little bit more uh, rewarding. But uh, and at nine three, if you're on the bubble, hey, you lost three games. You know, three strikes, you're out in a lot of things. So. But if you're ten and two and you're in the SEC, you're probably going to be in. You know, ten and two. Boom. Absolutely, ten and two will lock you in. No doubt about that. Ten and two should be the goal. Rolling out of bed for these programs, because if you're a Southeastern Conference team and you're playing one of those schedules next year, you're not Kentucky, and right. and you go ten and two, you belong in a playoff, sight unseen. So I can't wait for it, but you do know this. Any team that gets in the playoff and loses in the first round, the fan base is going to be all outraged, <laughs> just like we are in basketball. Oh, no. Not on here. But that's part of it. This is that's good. Not on Garcia Law fifth quarter fan reaction. We never we never overreact on there. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's not on live radio. You know, people don't overreact. Oh, my but, uh, gosh. <laughs> Tony, a uh, great show, and uh, I love this team. And, we, you know, we got to win, of course, this week. And then uh, Missouri's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game. You better believe it is. Thank you, W. Lynn. And, and Watson Brown said that quarterback better be playing better play better if you want to win up there, which I was surprised. I thought he was going to say, hey, man, this guy's a ride. You sliding in the pocket. He said, Tony, they're protecting him. He said, they're still protecting. He said, they're still treating this guy like he's a freshman. He didn't say that, but that's what he meant. I mean, he said, you know, they got to turn him loose. He predicts this weekend he's going to throw the ball in the middle of the field, middle deep. We're going to see them go back and try to do some Josh Hypelish things. Uh, against this UConn team and and try to get him going and get that passing game a little further down the line for these last two to finish the season. Meanwhile, George is looking at a couple of sneaky games here 
little sneaky stretch here for Georgia. You've got Mizzou. You've got Ole Miss next week. Of course, Lane Kiffin doesn't win signature games, but he might he might sneak up and get them there. And then they've got to come here to finish a season. And I'm going to tell you something. Tennessee's got a winning streak in their building. And this thing's turning into a house of horrors for people. Now, I wrote that thing off as a loss earlier in the year. But you could convince me to pull that thing back if we play well between now and then. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, Tom. It's uh, Zach from... Zachy. Zachy Attacky. It's me. It's me. It's Ernest T. Uh, I was thinking about that last night, or I guess whenever they released the college football playoff results when... When you had your show last year, and I think we you did we did about four hours because four hours it of it, just, we bathed in it, man. It was amazing because uh, you know, like you, I'm a I'm a I'm a Vol grad and alum, and uh, I wasn't in the tennis, I wasn't in the uh, College of Communications. That just goes for uh, folks like you and Peyton Manning. But uh, I was, uh, you know, there in 98, and I remember the day, uh, like, I guess it was like November 7th in 98 when we when we got our number one ranking. And then, of course, you know, we had to play Arkansas and, 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 and had the miraculous finish to hold on to that. So it was, uh, it was emotional, and uh, I, I, it was cool. It's really cool that we can, you know, have this show to uh, – you know for, that that you let us do you know two or three hours of just people being emotional. <laughs> I appreciate you recognizing that because that's exactly that is exactly what we did last year. We yeah. celebrated that deal because here here's and I'm not I'm not talking about me, okay? But well, people have this misconception about me. And, and that's fine. I'm never going to convince, like, people that have decided and written me off a long time ago. But, man, I celebrate with this fan base. Yeah. We and, celebrate, and brother. Yeah. And you let us vent, which yep. is something that, like, I, I know, just maybe unrelated, but I, w- I, I was going through YouTube, and yep. I, I see a couple of other uh, schools and like kentucky sports radio i know you you know that yeah they're all for 25 minutes after games yeah yeah 25 minutes and uh like with my braves i can't rant there's no like there's nothing for the braves that's a disgrace the braves need something like what my what my sillies have with those uh guys that are on there doing the high hoves podcast that is so fun i listen to that those guys were pouring their hearts out when the phillies got beat one guy was on the air crying with the fans. I know they that, and there was, he, was so, he was so irked off he couldn't even do the podcast. He's like, I'm gonna have to come back tomorrow. I gotta go. He goes, I gotta go. Jack Fritz goes, I gotta go, Tona. Um, the Braves are such a like. What I'm not trying to make this about the Braves. But yeah. The, they're such a corporate entity, yes. And they're just a bunch of, which I hope changes this year. I call them regular season Ricks because we're great from April until September 30th, and then once October slash. Uh, you know March what? Madness. It's going to change this year, and I'm going to ask you right now, yeah. putting you right on the spot, brother. I know you love a little old music here, old Jimmy Webb composition here. Oh yeah. Do you realize where 
and I want you to be, I want you to kind of perk up here, okay? Okay, all right. Do you realize where the Final Four is in basketball this year? Would you care to take a guess uh, in light of that song I'm playing? Is that? Where is the final four? Brian Hartman, tell him. It's Phoenix. It's Phoenix. Oh! All right, now I want you to tell me about the this. Desert. Tell me about this newcomer. Yeah. I want you to yeah. give me his name, and I want you to tell me if he's going to lead us to the promised land. Dalton, Dalton is going to connect us to a, a final four appearance. Uh, so that by the time I get to Phoenix, she'll be rising. She'll leave a note by the door, which is a, a great one. If you ever watched the movie, uh, Al makes me Al cry, Al man. Sings, Every time makes Al me cry. Al Pacino sings that in the movie Heat, but, which I love. Oh, uh, so. by the time, by the time Rick Barnes gets to Phoenix, gets to Phoenix, Dalton uh, connect, Dalton uh, connect, Dalton connect. Final four. Oh! Oh, Don Kniecht. You're my man, Zach Attack. you got to start calling him Kniecht, which is what you called him yesterday. Damn it, he didn't do it, Brian. It's kind of like when I had Big Will on here and tried to get him to say farmer roll, and he wouldn't do it. <laughs> and Merlin. And Merlin. Hey, uh, 12 of the 14 teams of the top 14 teams are going to be future SEC or Big Ten teams. 15 and 20 are either SEC or Big Ten next year. Matt Dixon right now is shaking his fist at me and jamming pins into his Tony Basilio voodoo Don saying, I cannot believe that this Italian B-word is doing this again. Live with it, Dixon, because it's your, it, ladies and gentlemen, it is your history. It is happening. It is your present. It is your past. It's all converging all at once as we continue after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-922. 
Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, the magic of what we do. Now I'll say this, it's been an incredible program today. Lots of good content, lots of good calls, lots of excellent discussion. If you want to get in, 865-200-5402. Let's go back to our TLD Logistics Hotline and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're live on our Wednesday edition. Tony, there's only one way I would describe your show. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Lawrence Welk. Okay, thank, I got that. Thank you. And, hey, and uh, how would I, you describe... how Bill. Let me jump in here before you get started and let me be the first one to say... 
Will Levis looked great. See? Unlike Brian Hartman, who wouldn't sell so for I, I, well, I, 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 I ripped that choice. I yeah. thought he was a bum at Kentucky. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but last week he looked great, Titansville. And Nashville Lee, Nashville Lee came behind you, Bill, and disgracefully ripped Will Levis's performance and called it unsustainable. And I think his conduct was disgraceful, and Brian Hartman's conduct was disgraceful. Let the Titan fan enjoy something. Yeah. Right? You guys had a – it was great to see Levis out there balling out, Bill, balling out. I mean, for Brian to say what he said is just – it's a disgrace. It's an outrage. Yeah. It is an outrage. Yeah. yeah. What do you attribute that to, Bill? Why would Brian and and – and Nashville Lee, I mean, I asked Nashville Lee, did they block you on Twitter? Like uh, Mark and Colombo and that guy he's obsessed with who coaches at Auburn now, Tasty Freeze? Well, uh, I'll tell you, Tony. The original Frizo. When it comes to Brian Hartman, he, his specialty has always been, to, he, he always loves to get cheap shot artists. And it seems like Nashville Lee took his lessons from who? Brian Hartman. Brian, are you going to reconsider? Brian, are you going to reconsider that Will Levis had a great, great, great game for the Titans over the weekend? Are you going to stick to the thing that he had four big passes? I don't think I ever said he didn't have a great game. But it's one game, and when defensive coordinators, they're going to adjust and figure it out eventually. Why? Why would you say that? So... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what I it's am not, saying. It's not. What, what, what rookie had a better first game this year or a better well, game period? Since the merger, only two rookies, Sean. Only two rookies, Sean, have, have ever had four touchdown passes in their first game. Bill, give them to them. Since the merger. It is, it is. The, well, my, the, I would the have to say one of them was Frank Tarkington. Redshirted his first year at Kansas City. Who, who was it? I say Will Levis for president. Who was it, Bill? Who was the first? Fran, I believe I believe one of them was Fran Tarkington. No, only one other player has ever done it. And he played for the Titans, Bill. Who is it? Oh. Mariota. Oh, Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota. The okay, maestro. Yeah. The young my, Marcus the Maestro Mariota. Yeah. Who later lost his job to Ryan Tannehill. Oh well, maybe I need to pump the brakes. He's though. lost about every he's lost about every other job since <laughs> when he well, got into preseason games. When he got into preseason games in Philly, that's all they would talk about on talk radio was how horrendous this guy was. Her, yeah. Might be the worst. Might be the worst quarterback to ever wear an Eagle uniform in my lifetime. Titans, Bill. I got two words for Ryan Tannehill. First What's one that? is sorry, uh, Sariara, whatever a sukiyaki. What do they, <laughs> they call you? Sayonara. Sayonara. <laughs> And I have and I have one word for Will Levis. Yes, he can hum that tiger. All that one, is a word. Great one word. One right word. You got it, brother. He can hum that tater. Uh, Thank you, Dewey Warren. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Tony, I added another uh, women of color to my uh, wonderful list. All right, update the list right now. Hit it. 
Okay, uh, let's see. I have Karan Moore, Karan Moore. stars in the Oval. Not to be confused with Karan Butler, but the Oval, Brian, is on what channel? Let's see if Brian has credibility. It's so on BET, Brian, and you need know. to check it out. It's called The Oval. It's about the White House. It's on BET, and it's next level. Continue, Bill. Okay, the person here who I've added onto my list, Jennifer Williams. Jennifer Williams is numero do. She's number five. She's number four. All right, tell yes. me about Jennifer Williams. Okay. Um, she stars in the reality show called Basketball Wives Los Angeles, which is on VH1. You take one look at her, Tony. And your eyes will sparkle. Who does she? she is. Who does she belong to? Uh, she don't belong to nobody. She's now involved with a guy that's old enough to be her son. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jennifer you. Williams was married to who? How did she get on the show? I believe I believe uh, she was married to an NBA player, and she was also married to a guy that was a con artist that got himself in trouble with the law. So she round, round, get... Uh, who's number three? Okay, I would probably say um, Robin Givens. Number two. Dion Warwick. That's old school, Bill. You show you're showing some range here when you when you wrote when you roll um Karan Butler. Well, you know how you know how I am, Tony. I love older women. When you roll Karan Butler in there with Dion Warwick, who I love by the way, who is related to You mean Karan Moore. Oh, Karan Butler played for I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, and then who's number one, Bill? Uh, well, Karan Moore is number one. I would have to say I'm putting Jennifer Williams number two. Right, Bill, you're you're like your list. You've given me a headache. Okay, you I, I got them all out of order. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Hey gang, Carl Wayne Meekins here. I want you guys to come out and see us live on Veterans Day, 11-11-23, 7 p.m. Guitar and Cadillac Hall that sits right on top of Puckett's in Columbia, Tennessee. Got a huge lineup for you. We've got Troy Kemp, Katrina Burgoyne, myself and my band, and then the legend Jimmy Wayne's going to come in for a few songs. Going to be a big night in Columbia, and Columbia ain't going to be the same. Okay, so get your tickets at eventbrite.com, Guitar and Cadillacs, Carl Wayne Meekins. We'll see you there. 
Hey, Columbia, this is Sabian Beard with the Columbia Noon Rotary Club with some information and an invitation for you. If you don't already know about Rotary, it's an organization over 100 years old that focuses on service in the community, service through vocation, and service to the next generation. Many of our community figureheads participate in the local Rotary Clubs, and we need your help. Our main fundraiser for our service projects is the legendary Pancake Day, held on Saturday, November 11th from 6 to 4. Tickets are $10 for one or $25 for three, and may be purchased at the door or from any Noon Rotary member. Help us continue to serve your community and enjoy a splendid breakfast with your neighbors. See you there. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.